Hello and welcome everyone to the 2020 Fever Podcast. I am once again your co-host Fred Tippett. And I'm your other co-host, Maya Reader. There is snow on the ground, Maya. There is so much snow on the ground, Fred. But you, you know where there's not snow? In the practice room? There's not snow in the state of Alabama. And what's going on in the state of Alabama, Fred? Well, first of all, I'm from there. Second of all, Jeff Sessions is running for Senate there again. And in what we're going to talk about today, former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg filed to run in the Alabama Democratic primary. Because every time we whittle down this field, more people join. I know what would make this better. A little more me. And you know what it is? It's like really, really rich Democrats. Always. So, like, Kirsten, Kirsten Gillibrand and Michael Bennett and those kind of people started to drop out, and then Tom Steyer was like, I know what to hey. do. Hey! <laughs> and then Beto O'Rourke dropped out, and Michael Bloomberg was like, hey. <laughs> So, there's a couple things to talk about here. First of all, I find it very interesting that the, <laughs> the state he chose to file in was Alabama, Alabama. Which is not like a state... A primary that people really pay attention to? I mean, I'm sure there's a reason. I just don't know it. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably some, like, political rules reason or something like that. Yes, if you you are a former New York City mayor, you are required to register in Alabama (laughs) first. Um, It's just a a quirk left over from the uh, Articles of Confederation. (laughs) Actually, a while. I don't understand. I just don't... I don't understand why... Like, these people who think, if you, historically, as a history major, historically, (laughs) (laughs) um, if you look at these people who, like, are influential, influential political people with, like... You might call them influencers. You might not. (laughs) (laughs) Influential political people uh, who have, like, a long history of politics who decide, like, after, like, hedging for a while, like, no, I'm going to enter the race late. It never goes well for them. No. It never goes well. It's just like, realistically, what do these people expect to gain? Like, I don't know what Tom Steyer and Michael Bloomberg want to get out of this. I don't either. Um, Tom Steyer, I'm giving a little more credit because he did enter, like... He entered late, but not this late. Yeah, late, but not this late. Iowa is less than 100 days away. Because everyone else already has this started. He's at, yeah, he has name recognition, but he hasn't, people haven't been looking at his, like, presidential policies and his, like, in comparison to the other candidates. And he's just at... The really strange thing here is that he's not, he did not announce that he was running. He just filed for the primary because he knew he didn't have to. Because many people were watching him. No, I think I, is, no, I think it's like I think it's more indicative that he didn't announce that he's running, which means I don't think he really wants to start a campaign until something else happens. And what what my suspicions are, and what I've seen other people's suspicions are, is that he's waiting to see Joe what Biden occurs with Joe Biden. No. Oh my God, that's horrible. No, <laughs> Many people in this country, he's not waiting for Joe Biden to die. We're waiting. He's waiting for. How dare you insinuate? He's waiting. 
he's waiting for Joe Biden's campaign to die, I think is what's like going on here. Because he's sort of similar to Joe Biden. He's been a figure for a while. Less so than Joe Biden. Political history. Less so than Joe, he's been less of a figure than Joe Biden, but he's been around for a while. People know his name, mm. and he's a more sort of moderate, somewhat centrist candidate, and he's part of that sort of the old breed. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's feasible to think that Joe Biden's campaign will die that fast. Yeah. Also, it's cra- it's crazy to think that if Joe Biden's campaign falls apart. The person to come in and pick up that momentum is Michael Bloomberg. <sighs> what is the reasoning behind there? Just that he's another old white man? Although, actually, Michael Bloomberg entering the race like this, um, it will speed up <laughs> the rate of Joe Biden's decline. Um, I think because Maybe. I think it will because. Because, like what you're saying, it's Michael Bloomberg's waiting to scoop up the voters Joe Biden leaves behind. Um, and I think some of those voters will see Michael Bloomberg and go, cool. Someone who's not quite as old. I think it's also sort of, this will only happen with a very select crowd of politicos, but it might shake some people's confidence, confidence in Joe Biden. Where Michael Bloomberg entering the race? Well, his motivations behind it, if they see it as sort of, if they see Michael Bloomberg entering the races, like what we're talking about, as a potential sort of pickup, if Joe Biden goes goes down, you can see where people might be like, well, people are thinking that maybe there's an actual possibility. And we have seen Joe Biden slipping. Um, He's now like fourth in Iowa polls, mm-hmm. behind Sanders, Warren, and Buttigieg. He's slipping. Okay, so he is slipping in like. He's Iowa slipping in early after, states, but he's not slipping in the other states. That's the thing. And yeah, the early states matter, and they matter a lot. But I think what we have to keep in mind here is that once the early states happen, if Biden is that far down, he's yeah. going to take a significant <laughs> hit to his momentum. Yeah. So, as much as he's doing well polling in other states and nationally. Those early states are are sort of the more important thing to look at. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting. It will be interesting to see what Michael Bloomberg does if he starts doing events, if he starts registering for other states, or if this is him just sort of getting his foot in the door and then waiting. Yeah. Because he filed, was it today or yesterday? It was a few days ago. A few days ago. I don't know. The days went together. Yeah. <laughs> um, he hasn't really done much since, though. No, and that's why I think he's just sort of getting his foot in the door. I really do think that he's just sort of like... I, he's just putting... He's, he really... I, I'm using the same phrase over and over again, but he's just putting his foot in the door. He's just getting a spot in the room. He's like reserving a seat. At well, the table. Yeah, and it feels like, especially and right now... In these, waiting to see if he's going to sit down. Yeah, especially after, with him and the name recognition he has, just by, just by not even announcing a candidacy, just by filing in Alabama, um, he had, he dominated, like, election coverage for the day. He did. Like, and he gets 
major election coverage. In, there's so many opinion articles about him, like, in the following days. Like, there's this podcast. There's this podcast. And so people will do the talking for him because he's a well-known figure. Yeah. Um, if this was someone like, I don't know, <laughs> Tulsi Gabbard, uh, who was not super well-known when she started. That's true. Um, this or Pete Buttigieg. Pete Buttigieg. This kind of thing wouldn't have happened. Remember one or two, like, oh, uh, unknown entered the race today. Yeah. But I do think that, especially with the, ra- the race going on so long, like you're talking about, nowadays any sort of m- slight change of the status quo outside of people giving speeches is going to just monopolize everything. Mm. Whether it's going to turn out to be something or not, it'll just any sort of minor... Minor or major change in what the field might look like. It's just gonna throw off everyone's attention for a while. Yeah. No, I I definitely think so. Um, just so much. I was looking again at the um, who hit like the debate threshold, and I was like, wow, we're really starting to whittle them down. And, like I looked, and it's still like what, like nine people? Yeah. Eight people, something like that, which is still. So many. Yeah. And then I'm sure... But it's sort of... It's more back down to sort of semi-normal debate size. Like, this is sort of like the size of the Republican debates were in the last election. Yeah, and remember what we all said in the last election? The Democrats were like, ha ha ha, that's funny, look at that chaos. (laughs) Now here we are. (laughs) You're like, it's not that bad, it's only nine candidates on a stage. To be fair, we were always going to be this level of chaotic. And <laughs> there's only nine candidates on the stage, but there's still, like, 17 in the race. God, the people won't drop out! People just... People won't drop out and other people join in, and I just... Don't you want to just go sit down aren't and you, you put tired? your feet up? <laughs> aren't you tired? Don't you have a real job? <laughs> you don't knew you, you weren't going to win this. Don't you want to keep working for Congress? Yeah. Or whatever you're doing. I have. I was not too lazy to write a limerick, so I've got a limerick for you and two truths and a lie. I'm going to prove again that I don't really know how limericks work. Um, um, Josh Megan didn't teach me about limericks. He taught me about sadness. Um, my, uh, <laughs> 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 so I'm just losing the political process and Fred learned a whole class on sadness. It was supposed to be about poetry. <laughs> I mean... Are they one and the same? Who knows? So, Josh I have, does. I'm going to start with a limerick. Oh, great. Um, alright. It's about Andrew Yang. Oh, Lord. Okay. Well, Andrew might have a trust fund, but at his beginning, you'd be stunned. Yang got on some calls and hosted a ball that flopped, so Yang issued... Uh, issued... Okay, so it has to run with fund. Issued, uh... Well, Andrew might have a trust fund, but at his beginning, you'd be stunned. Andrew got... Oh, Yang got on some calls and hosted a ball that flopped, so Yang issued... Uh... I... (laughs) Uh, I feel so stupid. It was a uh, fundraising ball. Right. So he released... It was a fundraising party, so he... But it flopped. <laughs> he, 
You look like you're so proud of this, and I'm just not getting it. You know what the first word I thought of? Bund. <laughs> Isn't like a poor pronunciation of bunt cake? <laughs> yeah, issue cake. I, I, no. I would like more candidates to issue cakes um, directly to me. <laughs> Can address them to Northwestern I, University. It can be bribed, and it is with cake. Maya, explain your limerick. While Andrew Yang's campaign might have had money now, it didn't back in the day. Um, at the beginning of his campaign, while they were running out of Hell's Kitchen, um, out of like I think it was his mom's apartment, um, <laughs> they ran like every failed entrepreneur. <laughs> they hosted a New Year's fundraising party, um, but their fundraising party flopped. And it, in fact, lost the money. And it was so unenjoyable that someone who came demanded a refund. See, I would argue that that's a cheat. Because you're just using the word fund again with a prefix. Fund and refund? Two different words. Right. <laughs> mm, so, I got two, I, two truths and a lie for you. All right, I, I, I remain conflicted. I'm cutting about, off your protest. I remain conflicted about that limerick. Frederick. Okay. Um, <laughs> you already said you don't. Maya's getting possessive. <laughs> you already said you don't know how limericks, limericks work. I don't. So all I know yeah. is there's one about a man from Nantucket that no one nope. would ever say next to me, and I don't know why. No. Um. Okay. Is so, it like bad or something? Two truths and a lie. What's wrong with that limerick? Look it up. <laughs> two truths and a lie. I cannot say it. Ndn would not want me to say it. Um. Two truths and a lie. So, okay. I have for you two truths and a lie about. You keep saying that. About. <laughs> not not themed this week. Just kind of about 2020 candidates and people associated with 2020 candidates. So, the first one I got for you. Donald Trump Jr. has been doing the circuits. Yeah. Um, promoting his father, but also promoting uh, the book he recently wrote. Um, so, recently, uh, Donald Trump Jr. was at a book signing at UCLA. The University of California in Los Angeles. That's the one. Um, and doing kind of like a talk about his book and just about, in, just in general. But he was forced to leave the stage after extreme heckling from far-right protesters. What? From far-right protesters. Holy Whoa. So there's your number one. Oh, God. Number two. I really hope that's true. That would be wild. Number two. You know why that would be wild? Because they'd be booing Donald Trump Jr. And there would be far-right protesters at UCLA. <laughs> <laughs> number two. Yeah. Earlier today, after Pete Buttigieg criticized Bernie Sanders for his age, Alexandria, a valid complaint. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez snapped back, defending her candidate, telling Pete he looks like the generic white man emoji, so he has no place to talk. I mean, that's not untrue, but also, Bernie is old, and Bernie, in turn, looks like the generic old white man emoji. So That's true. <laughs> not AOC's best. Number three. Okay. So, you remember the report that came out a couple uh, earlier this week about how Jeff Bezos asked 
Michael Bloomberg if he was willing to run and kind of encourage him to run. Yes. So Because they're in love with each other. Yes. Heard it here first. Yes. So, when Bernie Sanders uh, was asked how he felt about this at a recent event, oh, Lord. he started laughing so hard that he couldn't answer the question. And eventually, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, who was also on the stage with him, had to jump in and answer the question for him because he was still laughing. Okay. So, here's the thing. That is a genuinely funny scenario, but I don't know that I've ever heard Bernie Sanders laugh. (laughs) Now that I think about it, I don't think I have. Mm. So, uh, (laughs) um, those are all really good. Uh, There's a certain level of unbelievability to each of them. Mm -hmm. (sighs) All right, so let me think. The... I feel like, especially given everything that was, that's been going on recently with Trump and being booed at um, stadiums and things, I feel like I would have seen something come across my desk about Don Jr. Mm. So as, as, as delighted I, as I was to hear about that, I don't think that's, that's the one. Um, I, I I don't want to base my entire assumption off the fact that I've never heard Bernie Sanders laugh, so therefore he's incapable of laughter. <laughs> but at the same time, I have based assumptions on less. Okay. But I also feel like AOC could come up with something better than people to judge looks like the generic white man emoji, which again is fair, but also, eh, there are better critiques of people to judge. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Very good at this, and Thank it's you. endlessly frustrating. Um, I'm endlessly amused with myself. Uh, let me think. Okay, so I think. Wait, it's two truths and a lie. Yeah, so two of those are true. Oh well, then I think the Don Jr. one is the lie. Sorry, I got confused by the way that the game worked. So uh, I am getting endless joy about fooling you every week. Thank you. Um, that Don Jr. thing actually happened. I'm so Don happy. Jr. was booed off the stage, as well as he was, I don't remember who he was presenting with, um, but they were both heckled off the stage, not booed off stage, heckled off the stage by far-right protesters um, at UCLA, which is truly, truly a thing, because he initially also thought he was being heckled by far-left protesters, you know. Right. That would make sense. Um... But no. <laughs> it was, yeah. So, you got two options now. Pick one. Okay. You okay. got, like, real quick. I think that the Bernie Sanders one, the Bernie Sanders laughing one, is not true. No. Okay. AOC, you were right. AOC is, in fact, better than that. I really... She would not stoop that low. I see... That is that is the lie. AOC would not. Bernie, I haven't watched the video, but What yeah. does Bernie Sanders laugh I don't know. Like? I didn't watch the video. I just saw a picture. Okay. I have a couple more things before we close. Okay. One more thing on Donald Trump Jr.'s book. Um, I saw on Twitter recently that people changed, that a comedy group changed the book jacket in some stores to read instead of the title, which is probably something like most book jackets, mm-hmm. some, like most political ja- book jackets, something innocuous. They changed it oh, to it's, read... It's, have you seen the title? No. It's... Something I've only seen what I'm about to say. They changed the book jacket to read, Daddy, Please Love Me, <laughs> which is hilarious. 
Okay, so what's the real book title, Maya? But um, the book title is... Uh, <laughs> here it is. Oh, I don't even want to click it. Triggered. How the left thrives on hate and wants to silence us. I love it. That is basically another way of saying, Daddy, please love me. Um, that, uh, the only other thing... Also, I'm... Donald Trump is like the love son, isn't he? Donald Jr.? Or is that Eric? No, it's Don Jr. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I wanted to say, um, so Donald Trump recently got an invitation to Russia's Victory Day Parade, and he hasn't, like, outwardly said no, and is supposedly considering going. And in a recent incredible video, a reporter asked good old Joe Biden oh, yeah. what he thought of it. That's, like, the first endearing moment of Joe Biden. It's seen. really endearing. It's, he asked Joe Biden what he thought about it. And I've never seen a politician more thrown by a question. I'll link the video in the article. He says, on the long lines of, What? Are you serious? Is that real? Are you joking? And he's so thrown by it. Another reporter asks him a question, and then he turns back to the original reporter and goes, Are you joking? (laughs) And then walked away. It's really incredible. Um, that is all I have for today, Maya. That's all I have for today. Do you have anything else? Um, just like to point out again that I have fooled you three weeks in a row, and I uh, take a lot of joy in that. So. Well, I, uh, I, uh, I, I, um, generic excuse. That's all the time we have. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back next week.